0: communityoxford.com, or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. Hebrews 2, 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Father God, I know that Mark just prayed, but I'm going to pray again to you because, Father, I am convinced that you are so good. But God, I'm also convinced that there's too many of us in this room, Lord, that we see God being good to others, but we haven't seen God be good to us. God, we've been so overwhelmed by somebody else's faith that we've never experienced faith for ourselves. God, I love you this morning. I thank you that you're always on time. And God, I pray this morning that there's not a man, woman, boy, girl that leaves this place today without knowing just how good you are. God, bring salvation today. And God, even though I've got a sermon prepared God, if it's not the sermon you want me to preach today, then God, shut me up. God, I love you. And I thank you that you love me and love us even when we're unlovable. God, I'm thankful and grateful today for the breath that is in my lungs, the life that you've given me to live yet another day. God, may I not Take it for granted. And God, because I am a saved man, I have been rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I beg you in these moments for me not to miss how great a salvation that I have received. And for every believer in this room who has put their faith and trust in Jesus, God, I pray today, that they would not leave this place without being reminded of how great their salvation is too. And then finally, God, I pray in Jesus' name for those that have gathered with us that have never truly experienced salvation. God, I'm not questioning their salvation, but God, today I believe your spirit is going to question them. I believe you're going to question them because, God, you want them to know for certain that they have experienced this great salvation. and God, I believe that you want to do something amazing in these moments, both here present as well as online. And God, I pray that we'll get out of the way, and we will ask you to show up and show out in Jesus' name. I'm coming back to Hebrews chapter 2 in just a minute. I'm going to ask you to throw up Hebrews chapter 12, I believe these are our theme verses for Hebrews, for our study in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Church, I have said this every Sunday since we've started this series, but this morning, I've got to be honest with you, I believe that today when I say weight, that there is a different Meaning to that word for some of us in this place. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us us also lay aside every weight. Church, I'm begging you this morning, in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit, Leave it at the door. Leave it at the door. Because, hear me, church, the enemy wants that weight to control you. He wants that weight to consume you. He wants that weight, hear me, church, to destroy you. So what does the writer say? Let us lay aside it. Let's, let, let's put it aside. But you're like, but fish, you don't understand. I do know this, church. If you leave your house on Monday and there's a pile of laundry and you don't touch that laundry, come Friday, guess what there's going to be? There's going to be twice the size of the pile of laundry. Can I get an amen, mom? Did you hear that amen, how they said that? <laughs> amen. You ain't helped me do no clothes. The point I'm making is, is if you don't deal with the weight, the weight only gets bigger. Keep going with me. Lay aside every weight and sin which cleans so closely. See, I'm convinced, church, and this bothers some of y'all, but I don't care. If you're new to the community and, and, and you think that this pastor cares what you think about the fact that I'm not sensitive to what the Word is saying to you, it's not that I'm not sensitive to what the Word is saying to you, but if the, if the Word smacks you square between the eyes, all I can say is, is amen. But some of you are clinging to some junk that you won't let go of, and it is tearing you apart. And here's what's so crazy. It's not just tearing you apart. It's tearing your family apart. It's tearing your work apart. But, but you don't think that you can let go of it. Man, can I tell you something? God wants to deliver people this morning but you're going to have to let go, and you're going to have to let God. So he says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Here's what I love about this part of the verse. We didn't set the race in front of us, amen? Amen. So as some of us are going through hell on earth right now and we're dealing with some difficult moments, a loss of a dad, a loss of a brother, a loss of a friend, like we're overwhelmed right now and I get it and I'm not saying that I get where you are because we all grieve differently. And can I just give you one suggestion? I've done a whole lot of funerals. Somebody asked me one time, what do you think? Well over 500. They're like, no way. I started when I was 19, I'm 45. I promise you I do at least 20 to 30 funerals a year. I've done a bunch. I ain't trying to brag. But I get so frustrated when somebody walks up to somebody at a funeral home and they go, Man, I know exactly what you're going through. No, you don't. If you've lost a child, you have grieved differently than how they're grieving. If you've lost a mom, you're grieving differently than how they're grieving. If you've lost a dad, if you've lost a brother, if you've lost anybody, church, we all grieve differently. But you know what the world tells us? We got to tell them we know what they're going through. And I get it, man. You're sitting there, you don't know what to say. It's the most awkward thing in the world, is it not? We're just trying to comfort people, and we think we got to say something. Usually, less you're going to be con- you're going to be blown away that I'm going to give this advice. Less is more. Because check, check this out, church. It says, run with endurance the race set before us. Guess what, church? Christianity is not a single individual sport. It is a team effort. And he has set this race before us. Keep going for me, girl. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, looking to Jesus. Church, I am convinced this morning more than ever in my own life. I say that I look to Jesus, but I am so worried about everybody else. And here's the sad thing. There are going to be many people that miss heaven because they're looking to you to find Jesus instead of looking to Jesus to find Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, for who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Church, you know why he endured it? For you and for me. So that somebody could take our place. So somebody could stand in our place. Aren't you grateful today, church, that death's not the end because of what he endured on the cross? Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know if you figured this out or not, but We're gonna keep quoting that verse and we're gonna keep sharing that verse and here's the thought, maybe we might try to learn that verse together. Because if we say it enough and we read it enough, and we preach about it enough, here's the idea. Every Sunday, when, when, if it's me or Sean or Chad or whoever is teaching in front of you, the prayer would be is, is that when you walk out of here, that you've got something applicable that you can put into practice with somebody in your life. And here's the reality. If you can't preach Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, you need to try again. Even if you just read it over somebody. Because everybody in this room has somebody and knows somebody that needs to what? Fix their eyes on Jesus. And so this morning as we go back to Hebrews chapter 2, and Mark, man, I'll go ahead and tell you all this. We are not going to get through all of chapter 2. I apologize for this section over here, because when we were singing, God, you are so good, I just kind of had a Holy Spirit moment. And it kind of hit me all upside my head with the fact of how grateful I am for how God is so good to me. And I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be ugly. But if the rest of you missed that today, that's your loss. Because God is so good to me. Amen. You can say amen for yourself if you'd like. But I'm saying amen for me. God is so good to me. And I'll be honest with you, Sean, you know how this is, man. You'll get to a text, and as we teach expositionally, we're like, man, really one through four is actually just an overview of what we've already read through Hebrews chapter one. So we need to speed through that, right? Like like we need to get to the real meat of the message. Like like, like we've already heard this sermon, so why aren't we gonna preach it again? I've got a pretty good feeling this morning, church, that the reason Hebrews chapter two, verses one through four is there, right after Hebrews chapter one, is because of the simple fact, therefore in scripture is always asking the question, why is the therefore therefore? And it's so easy just to skim over that and miss the fact that the reason that God is pointing this out to us by the author as he's writing to the Hebrews is, is he doesn't want us to miss that if the angels thought it was a big deal to let us know that Jesus was better than them, if, the, if, if, if God himself thought it was a big deal for him to declare that our salvation was a big deal, then guess what, church? We might ought to listen and understand that our salvation is what? A big deal. We'll be nine in January. If that's confusing to you, we're a church plant. We're not very old, but we'll be nine in January. I don't know if I've ever done what I'm about to do right now. There are people in this room that are going to die and go to hell. There are people in this room that are going to die and go to hell. Because you think your salvation was based on your mom and daddy's salvation. Or you think your salvation is because you found your rear sitting in a seat this morning at a church. Or you think your salvation is based on what you bring to the table Church, let me just remind you, you came naked, you'll leave naked. This morning, there are going to be those who are dead that come to life because of how great a salvation it is. Go back with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, The writer says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. Lest we drift away from it. First of all, what have they heard? What have they heard? They have heard that the angels might have been important, but what was more important? Jesus. The angels might have had certain authorities, but who had more and ultimate authority? Jesus. The angels might have brought us the law church, but who brought us salvation? Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, the writer is saying, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. Church, can I tell you something? I am convinced this morning that the, world, that the church has told us that you can lose something that you never had. Some of you are like, man, you, you, you're kind of getting personal this morning. Very much so. You can't lose something that you never had when you are when you are certain when your feet are planted on the fact of the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you understand that it wasn't just the death that was important, it wasn't just his life that was important, it wasn't just his birth that was important, it wasn't just his resurrection that was important, that every last aspect of his life, fully man yet fully God, was important for your salvation. And the reason it was important for your salvation is because he stepped out of heaven and he came down to earth so that you and I would have an example of what. to look like when we grow up. But here's the problem. We keep listening to what preachers say about that and what Sunday school teachers say about that. Why don't we listen to what the Word says about that? You see... The writer of Hebrews is writing to these Jews who have come to know Christ and they're trying to maybe fall back to their original old way of life and their old religion about what they brought to the table and what they did and and their sacrifices and, and all that they did. But what they missed was is that Jesus took the place of all of that. He stood in the gap. Just a couple of weeks ago, I didn't realize how Court Hill would become such a theologian in my life. Court is one of our kids that goes to our church, and he and his dad, Jonathan, stopped by because uh, Court wanted to talk about baptism. Baptism is great to talk about, right? Like That's fun to talk about, but before we talk about baptism, we got to talk about Jesus. And so I start talking to court about Jesus and I start having a conversation with him and I, and, I, and I do what I do with every person. It doesn't matter if you're this big or if you're this big or whatever your age is, if you've got lots of hair or no hair, if you have gray hair or, or dark, beautiful hair or light, beautiful hair. I, I'm not asking if it's real or not. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. Just seeing who's listening. Because some of you are scared. I saw you at the beauty shop this week. But I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to Cord, and I'm talking about how in the beginning God created it to be beautiful, and and he created the first Adam, and the first Adam was created to glorify God and to honor God, but what did Adam do? He blew it. And Eve did too, and there was this big three-letter word that entered the world called sin. And now, all of a sudden, there's this gap, there's this separation from God and man. And, and and it's not that God doesn't want to be with man, and it's not that man shouldn't want to be with God, but no matter what man did, nothing worked. So I walk him through some Old Testament texts, and just because of time, I ain't got to walk you. I don't have time to walk you through it this morning. But here's the deal: it was bad, and it was our fault and we were separated from God because of us and because of sin, but praise God that through the entire Old Testament, all it was saying was is Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and finally, we get Jesus through the birth of Christ, we get Jesus through the life of Christ, we get the Jesus through the death of Christ, we get Jesus through the resurrection of Christ, and here's what's so beautiful. I point, I, I draw out on a sheet of paper like I always do, and, and I put court's name on one side, and God's name on the other, and some of you have been there with me, and I put sin in the middle, and, and I talk about John three sixteen for for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I drew the, I drew the cross, and I said, Court, do you see the bridge? He said, man, I see the bridge. And, and because he's, he's a little boy, he, 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 he sees it the way he sees it, and it's a beautiful thing. And he said, but Brother Fish, i got to ask you a question. I said, what? He said, can the cross not also be a stopping point? And I'm looking at this little dude, and I'm like, Whoo! dude, you don't even realize. But for him, he's looking at the symbol, Sean. He's seeing, he's seeing, he's seeing the bridge with, the, with this part of it, okay? But then when the cross goes up from the bridge, are you with me? He also sees where that could be a roadblock, and he just simply said, couldn't that also be a roadblock, Mr. Fish? Listen to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away. Church, I am convinced of this, that the church has taught for too long that salvation is easy, that it's comfortable, that you don't have to do anything, that you don't have to, to, there's nothing that, that you have to worry about. That is a lie. Too many of you in this room got crosses on your walls. You got crosses around your neck. You got crosses on you, tatted up on your body. And church, let me tell you something. Those are beautiful things. But until you come to the fact that the cross has called you to die, no wonder you drift away from it. Because you've been taught an easy salvation. Some of you getting mad at me right now, and all I'm telling you is, is don't get mad. Because I'm talking to the saved person right now. And if you get mad, that's not me. you getting mad at me, that's you getting mad at the Holy Spirit because too often we've taught this thing to be way too easy. And Paul is writing to the Hebrews, hey man, you better pay attention. You better listen because it's so easy to drift away and go, oh, everything's good. Everything's good. Let me ask you a question this morning, church. How's that good working out for you this morning? It is a daily grind. It is a daily battle. And what Paul is, I say Paul, it's not Paul. I'm didn't. i I'm sorry, forgive me. Many think Paul wrote Hebrews. I guess you know where my camp is on that. But, but the writer says, pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Mark, I guess you all go ahead and make your way back up. Man, that happened fast. Verse 2 for since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. Hey, can I just ask a question? Say God just zapped me dead right now. God, please don't. And an angel or angel stood before you and preached the exact same thing I've been spitting out for the last 20 minutes. You're most likely going to listen to the angels than you are me. Fair or not fair? You ain't hurt my feelings. Just be honest. Heavenly creatures show up. Hey, community, I got a message today. I just killed your pastor, but it's going to be okay because he's with Jesus. But what he just said was the exact truth of what Hebrews chapter 2 is saying. Isn't it amazing how we'll pay a little bit, more, a little bit closer attention based on who tells us? Like, for example, if Billy Graham was still alive and he showed up today and I sat down, are you not going to lean in a little bit more to Billy Graham than you are me? It ain't hurting my feelings. Just be honest or if Tony Evans showed up. I ain't going to lie to you, Billy Graham, Tony Evans shows up. I'm sitting down and letting them preach anyway. But it's amazing how who delivers the message determines on how reliable it is, but that's not the truth with the gospel. The gospel is reliable regardless of who brings it. You see, that's another lie the world has told you, that you need me to tell people about Jesus when you can tell people about Jesus. But look at Hebrews chapter 2, because I got to wrap this thing up. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. Check out verse three. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And here's where I want to close. Here's where I want to close. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? If it it was declared first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard, meaning who let us know that Jesus was important? In case you've missed it, that's why God allowed Jesus to step out of heaven, come down to earth, walk for 33 years of his life, and for him to say these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through who? Me, and that me is who? Jesus. So when it says, you sh- how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Here it is, and this is where I'm going to leave today. Some of you think you're saved because you've heard about salvation way too many times. Just hear me out. Some of you believe that you're saved because of the simple fact you, you, you know how to tell somebody about being saved, but you're not actually saved. Like you've gone to enough, enough church services, enough Bible studies that you know what it means for a person to turn from their sin, another word is repent, and turn to God and say, hey, I am a sinner and acknowledge that they're a sinner and that they're in need of a Savior and that the only way that a man can be saved is through who? Jesus. What the writer of Hebrews is saying this, to these, these believers, these new believers who are questioning their salvation, and don't throw them under the bus because if you follow Jesus more than a week, you've probably questioned your salvation. But we don't like to talk about that in church. Because if it's worth having, it's worth fighting over, amen? And sometimes there's going to be a battle. But it says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Meaning to the Hebrews, you can go back to that that you think that's going to save you. But you've already experienced the great salvation. Why would you ever go back? I hope it sounds familiar this morning. Because have you ever noticed when we go through difficult times in life, one of two things happen? We either draw in to God or we run away from God. The Hebrews are in some junk, y'all. And the writer is saying, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. He's reminding them, It wasn't me that brought you Jesus. Jesus brought you Jesus. Man, you can neglect me. You can get sideways with me. You can get twisted with me. You can get frustrated with me. But you can't get that way with Jesus. Maybe I clap just a little too loud. Haley, if you don't mind, put the next verse up, babe. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. You know what's really cool about how Jesus works? You know what's really awesome about how God works? You know what's really beautiful about how Jesus works? Is that they're going to put it on you. And you have the 100% power to either receive it or neglect it. For the believer this morning, remember what you've been saved from. Amen? Celebrate that today. For the person here that doesn't know Christ, don't walk out of this building without knowing just how good God is. I don't want you to miss heaven by this far. You can quote it. You can share it. You can talk about it. But it's just a knowledge. God wants to transform your heart from the inside out. I believe God's about to do something. And that's not that he's going to do it because I believe it. He's going to do it because he wants to do it. I'm going to pray for us, and then when I pray, I'm going to have our elders that are present and our staff people that are present just to kind of find themselves off to the side and maybe down front, because I believe there's going to be people that will experience a great salvation today. Because when I said what I said earlier, the Holy Spirit smoked you square upside the head, and you realized that you knew a lot about Jesus but you had never truly experienced him. Will you pray with me? Father God, I pray that you would just move in this place. God, I pray this morning if I'm trying too hard, that you would just get me out of the way. And God, I pray this morning that you would bring salvation to those that you want to bring salvation to. And God, I know that's everyone. So I ask you to show up and show out in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.